Hi, and welcome to the Calm Age Rebels podcast. I'm Trudy Lewis. I'm Jenny Field. And I'm Advita Patel. Hello and welcome back. Again, it's just me and Trudy again today. Hi. Hello. Because <laughs> uh, Mrs. Jenny Field is having a well-deserved break in the spa following a hugely successful unconference on Saturday called The Big Yak. I mean, I don't think I need to give it any introduction, The Big Yak, do I, Trudy? <laughs> most no, folks, I know. I think most folks know what it is, but just in case you, you don't, it's a, an unconference that Jenny has been running with Rachel Miller and Dane Leeson, and it's been going for around 10 years now, the unconference. Yeah. This was my fourth one because I do an unconference every other year and as usual it was incredible and we had such a good kind of conversation and it was just lovely meeting people in person again yeah it was the first face-to-face so how was that oh you know what it was weird it was amazing I loved it but it's just you forget how tired you feel because it's that attack of senses you know when you see so many different faces and talk to so many different people I absolutely loved it and it was just so wonderful to see people having a great time again and smiling and connecting and I facilitated a few sessions as well on the day and we had such good conversations and the scope of topics and things that people are working on right now in in their business and communications is just it just blows my mind the level of information that we get involved in as communicators at times but yeah and it's so sad that you couldn't be there no I know I missed it but I was I was at weddings weddings sorry wedding it felt like weddings an entire wedding weekend and it was absolutely amazing so yes I did miss it but it was great um, but I had a good it was great and I think there were around about 120 folks and the fact that so many people come from all over the country traveling on a Saturday you know, like this just yeah. it just demonstrates the kind of dedication we have to our trade at times. And not many folks yeah. would do that, would they, on a Saturday? No, no, no. It was it's, it's really special to be honest. It is, it is. It's such a it's such an amazing community. And I think Jenny, Rachel, and Dana have done an incredible job in bringing these yeah. wonderful people together and allowing us to kind of connect in the way we did. Yeah. And talking of Mrs. Jenny Field again, she's actually launched a new podcast. Having a little gossip about um, Jenny today. Yeah, even though she's not here, she'll always be in our minds. (laughs) (laughs) She has. She just launched a brand new podcast. Yes. Redefining Communications. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So just on the offshoot of, of things like her book, Influential Internal Communication, her model, the field model, this podcast gives her the opportunity to speak to the business community, to leaders, to organizations about some of these key issues that need to go from chaos to calm. So it, you know, it's just really fascinating. And I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be a really great podcast. Oh, I know. And I've, I've actually listened. We, well, we were privileged enough to listen to her first episode. Yeah. She did send didn't she? To kind of say, well, does this sound good? And it honestly it sounds it's incredible. Yeah. First one's on hybrid working. So definitely listen. Because we all know that Jenny's got a slightly different view about hybrid working. Yeah, and also how it's formatted. You know, it's like 15 minutes long. It's Jenny speaking directly to people. And, you know, just that whole format actually will help people to get some bite-sized advice about how they should be dealing with some of this stuff. Because, you know, 
a lot of these issues, we we take it for granted because we we talk about it, but there are people who are actually experiencing it, and that's quite hard. So yeah, no, definitely. So do you listen to it and download it and rate the podcast as well if you haven't rated it. I think you know it is. You won't regret it. Definitely won't regret those fifteen minutes. And it's just like truly, quite rightly said, it's perfect bite size amount for you to kind of listen to when you're doing your kind of drop offs and pickups and all that kind of stuff as well. So yeah, please do rate it. It's redefining communications. Yeah, and you can find it on all your favorite podcasting platforms, just like you can find Hammer Trebles. And I think the rating thing only happens on Apple at yes. the moment. So if you do listen to it on Apple. And then please do give her a good review. That'd be incredible. And it's all happening this week because we've also got the diversity in PR conference, don't you? I've got tickets. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for those of you who are listening who have bought tickets for the event, which actually takes place tomorrow, which is Thursday, the 14th of October, just in case you're listening this after, after the date. But if you have missed it and you're wondering what it's all about, you can actually buy because we're recording all the sessions. So you can actually um, buy the sessions after the event anyway. So they'll be available on evergreen content is what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) So please do, you know, if you are kind of, if you are missing out or you can't attend it, then you can buy the evergreen content afterwards. And if you are going to come along, then incredible. And I can't wait to kind of speak to some of you. I'm emceeing the day, Trude. Oh, lovely, lovely. That'll be fun, me emceeing. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I remember the last one last year and it was really, really good and really useful conversations about the whole DI space from angles that I probably didn't expect to look at. So, so yeah, I'm truly looking forward to it. If you can still, you know, tickets are still available. I'd encourage you to buy a ticket. Yeah, because you can, like I said, you can still access all the presentations and stuff as well. And DNI was actually one of the big topics at the Big Yak on Saturday. Because I facilitated that session. Yeah, and I think it was one of the biggest well, what from when I was in the big room, so there's quite a few people in there. So I know it's definitely of interest for a lot of leaders and communicators out there. Because it is, you know, it is a, we've spoken about this lots of times on our podcast episodes about the challenges that we can often face into when it comes to diversity, equity and inclusion. And, you know, and I know I kind of make a joke about, oh, he, you know, when people say to me, oh, here she goes again, going on about it. But it's a topic that we do need to get familiar with yeah. and it is a topic that we need to get comfortable with right because yeah. if we're not comfortable with it we're not going to be able to communicate with our leaders and our businesses and push back at some really poor practices as well because I don't know about you but some of the chats I've had with a few folks recently they kind of struggle to know is that the right thing is that the wrong thing how do I approach this conversation or maybe it's best that I don't say anything just in the fear of offending yeah uh, or fear of getting it wrong yeah absolutely it's it's one of those things that you know we just need to get our heads around make it a regular conversation that happens it shouldn't be something special that we do on occasion or anything like that it's just something we need to get used to and get our heads around because there are ways that we can effectively work together and work on diversity and inclusion and make sure people feel that they belong to everywhere, to organisations and so on. So it's important. It's important to have conferences like the one that you're doing. I think it really raises awareness and it helps us to work through some of the issues that surround it. Yeah. And that's the whole idea. You know, we want to, we do want to create this safe space for people to ask questions. Mm. You know, we're not expecting everyone to have the answers to everything. That's just not what it's about. We're all learning, right? All three of us, previously as we've spoken about our own journeys when it comes to this area of work so 
don't, you know, if anyone who's listening is, you know, struggling in either in the work that they're doing or just in terms of their own personal development and are wondering how they can get more involved or learn more information about diversity, equity and inclusion and belonging, then please do reach out to, you know, Trudy, me, Jenny, email us on kindnessrebels.gmail.com or link in with us on LinkedIn. We've actually got, now we've got a LinkedIn page, haven't we? That's another thing that we're doing. Just started it. <laughs> so we've got an actual LinkedIn page now for Karma Trouble. So we'll be posting things in there quite regularly. So if you do wonder what we're up to and what, what if you think you missed out on any kind of updates, then do check out our LinkedIn page. And please do follow us on Karma Troubles on LinkedIn as well, because we are going to be updating everybody on various bits and pieces that we're doing and also key events that you might be interested in and things like that. So do check that out which now leads us quite nicely into our next episode, which is, it was one of yours, wasn't it, Trudy? That's right, technology making us less human. (laughs) Yeah, does technology make us less human? It's a good conversation from the chats that all three of us had anyway. So I hope you enjoy this episode and we will see you next week. If you want to find out more about how you can work with us, you can visit our website, which is calmedgedrebels.com. Here you can find out more about each of us individually, and it will also give you links to our own websites, which are colinear.co for Trudy, commsrebel.com for Advita, and Redefining Comms for me, Jenny. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at calmedgedrebels, and you can also follow us individually on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So if you do want to work with us around communications, consulting, coaching or workshops, please do get in touch. Great. So I am really interested in this topic because I don't have any idea where we're going to go with this. It's about technology and how technology is making us less than human. Now, I love technology. And I think I'm really excited about where it's taken us, you know, how far we've gone. However, we have become really immersed in it in recent times. And it's become almost a tool for how we treat each other. So we've used it to treat each other in not so graceful ways. And I'm old, so I use the word graceful. So. <laughs> yeah, I would like call not so graceful ways. That's fine. So I thought. You know, it'd be really great for us to delve into this whole topic. A lot of things are happening socially on social media. We've got every type of technology being used for things like remote working and so on. And it's how should we be behaving? What's the etiquette around some of this that we should be doing? I guess that's what we'll come to when we talk about the tips. But as a discussion, I think I'm curious to hear what Jenny and I'd be to have to say. So I don't know who wants to go first. <laughs> I'll step in here because thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> technology has been part of my life for a long time. You know, I did a degree in it. Did you not know in an information tech? I did, so, yeah. so it's been part of my world for a long time. And I've seen the transition of when I first, you know, entered. It's before laptops, basically, when I started to do tech, and it was. And I remember, you know, my lecturers at university talking about the world is going to be very technical, heavy. We're not going to be seeing each other anymore we're going to see each other through screens and talk to each other through screens and it just seemed so far-fetched at that time and I'm talking like it was 19 no 1960s and 70s it wasn't this is like early 
2000s, late 90s, you know, when these kind of conversations are going. And I think the challenge, I think what's happened and the challenge that's happened is that the sheer speed of the way technology has advanced in our lives. And I think it's one of the tools that has taken a lot of folks by surprise in terms of the growth, which has meant that behaviours haven't caught up quick enough in how we use the technology that's given to us and what the right etiquette is in how to use it. And I read an article not so long ago about the different generations and how we manage it between the different generations. So, you know, the the Gen Zs at the moment are the first digital native generation to grow up with technology from the minute they were born to where they are today. So they use technology in such a different way than even someone like a millennial, (laughs) like, like myself. I'm on a cusp of millennial, to be fair. But, you know, the way we use technology and the way, you know, we were didn't have it until we were probably 16, 17. And then we were kind of thrusted in that. And then, you know, remember having to do posters when I first started in internal comms to say, don't tweet something that you share with your grandma, you know, things like that. And when I speak to my 14-year-old and 16-year-old nephews and nieces, they just laugh when I say stuff like that. Don't share something that you wouldn't want your parents to read on social. Like, what? <laughs> it's just life for them. It's life and it's the way they communicate. But I do think, Trudy, you know, you're right. I do think we've lost that graciousness and gracefulness in how we have the etiquette and and the way we use social media. And I think a lot of people hide behind it. Actually, I'm generalising a lot. I think many folks, I should say, I like to believe that many folks are are decent human beings. But there are a, a number of people that I feel wouldn't say what they say on social to somebody's face. Even the most decent human being I know sometimes would say something online that I just know them in person. They would never say it like that to somebody's face. And the same with leadership. You know, when leaders are using Skype and Teams and whatever technology got in place to give feedback in a way they probably wouldn't give it if they were meeting in person to that individual. It is a really complex world. And I just think, and what makes it even more complex is that it's not going away. Like this is life. It's only going to get more and more as we go down. And the generations that follow the Gen Zs and all them will just think it would be bizarre to have a face-to-face conversation. I do think we're going down that world. I don't know that we will go down a route where we don't have the face-to-face. And when I did my research paper, albeit quite a few years ago now, into Gen Y and Gen Z and, and the impact of how they communicate with each other and how that will translate into the workplace, the main thing I found on that was that it actually didn't really matter what generation you were it came back to much more local impacts on your life and your personality and all those things it wasn't necessarily generational and I find that quite interesting I think there's lots of people I know that are that are my age of you know kind of late 30s who aren't on any social platform at all because they just can't subscribe to it but I also know people that are much older that are on loads of social platforms so I think the generations thing is is always a bit tricky But I also do completely agree with the fact that people do things online that they wouldn't normally do if they were in person. And to me, I think that comes back to that immediate feedback that you get. You know, we're recording this over Zoom so I can see your faces as we're talking. And there's an immediate feedback that I can see as we're having that conversation. If I'm tweeting out something, there's no immediate feedback I'm getting on how that's impacted someone. And I think the fact we can't see that with technology makes it harder and makes it okay for us to say things that we wouldn't say and also it also increases that risk of things being misunderstood and I think sometimes you can say something meaning one thing but text can often be misunderstood and I know we always talk about the importance of context and stuff so I think that's 
definitely a factor in there. But I'd like to think that we won't end up with a world that is, you know, virtual reality, everything done technology based and that we do have that human connection and that face to face element is still a big part of it. What that looks like in the future, I don't I don't know. But I am ready to, to see people and everyone I've seen since the lockdown in the UK and we've seen in person, everyone is saying how lovely it is seeing people and how wonderful it is to be back connecting with people in person. So I'm hoping that the robots aren't coming and technology isn't really taking over. We'll get taken over by robots. Just going to hope we're just going to mm. go live in a field. Be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but then I think in the midst of the possibility that things will become so automated, you know, we will have a world that is full of robots or whatever. I know we're going down a weird road now, but with the potential of some of those things happening, I think in and amongst that, we have to learn how to be human and to be real about who we are and not kind of use it in a way to say, well, that's my excuse for not being kind or generous or helpful to people. I can say what I want. I can do what I want simply because it's all automated. I think there is something or a place that we need to get to that says, well, okay, technology is not going to go away. How do we then navigate it in a very human way, in a very real way so that we're not alienating people? I mean, supposing we weren't back to doing face-to-face and we had to really get even more immersed in technology, we'd have to find a way. We'd have to find a way to be connected to people, to engage with people properly. And it wouldn't mean a constant barrage of, I will say what I feel like, and I will leave it at that. And I don't care what the reaction is. I think there is a real responsibility we have to have in terms of, I need to learn the right etiquette for any of these things. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a set of rules. It's just how I treat people generally. But I think there's something about vulnerability in all of this for Mm. me, you know, Obviously, we can't really go an episode without talking about Brene Brown. But, <laughs> but as you were, as you were saying that, I was like, but the ability to be genuine in an online space where you can't see how you're impacting others, you don't have a connection with those people. They are people that could be really far away. There could be thousands of them, tens of thousands of them. To be genuine with that number of people takes a huge amount of vulnerability. That. I don't think any of us are naturally comfortable having because if we go back to what it is to be human is, you know, it's your very local community, those connections around you. It takes such a a huge amount of courage, I think, to be very genuine online and be comfortable with the fact that there will be people that won't like you or won't agree with you and be able to have, you know, productive disagreements, which we've talked about, but all of those things. And I think that's really important. And I also as you were talking then about, you know, all the things that are going with being human and how we bring it together, there was a quote from Brene Brown when she was a guest on Simon Sinek's podcast. And she said, vulnerability minus boundaries is oversharing attention-seeking broadcast. It's about validation of pain, not connection. And I think that's so important to understand when we think about technology, connection, human beings, all of that coming together, that there are people that will use technology to broadcast and not have boundaries and just share stuff and and we see that that can actually create absolute devastation in parts of the world when people do that so there's definitely something about that whole vulnerability courage what we share what we don't share all of that in the mix when it comes to bringing that humanness together with technology Mm, definitely I think you know the connection is 
in my opinion, is an important part of that vulnerability. And you're right, you know, and that, I love that quote by Brene, because the people do abuse the social element of the technology that we have available to us to just broadcast under the guise of, you know, I'm being authentic, I'm being genuine. You know, my mental health is really important to me, so I'm just sharing this without actually considering the impact they're having on individuals that may be reading that information. And when somebody does react badly to their post, you often get this whole be kind thing that comes out and this guilt trip and then you think should I say something and you know folks also get told quite a lot of the times like you don't know what people are going through which is true you don't you know but I also think on the other side of all is that people hide behind that quite a lot Mm. and it doesn't excuse horrendous behavior like you know the number of times I've said something to somebody and they're like oh well I had a really bad day that's okay you're allowed to have a bad day but it doesn't give you permission to be nasty or horrible to somebody else just because you're having a bad day then hiding behind that messaging and not actually being confident or comfortable enough to lean into that difficult conversation and actually pick up the phone or say to somebody, I disagree with this, so let's have a chat offline because I don't think I can describe how I'm feeling on, in 240 characters mm-hmm. or in a reel or on a story or whatever your kind of platform is. And I just think that we've got to this stage now where I do think, honestly, that we've lost that connection, like, you know, connecting with people. And, you know, when you used to did, you know, when you did used to, sorry, go into... Uh, social events and conferences and events and those kind of things where you did meet people face to face you did build a, a stronger connection because the body language the side conversations we said it in our first episode didn't we about the water cooler mm. conversations in the office but the same applies in social aspects right when you're going to the coffee or tea station at an event or at a conference where you might say to somebody oh like for me it's always like oh I love those shoes like oh, those shoes are incredible you know those little things like I know not everybody will say that, but those little, <laughs> unless you, you do. Just, you just reminded me of the last few events I did before lockdown where my coat matched the carpet of most venues I seemed to be at. <laughs> so most of that, I didn't get a, oh, nice shoes. I got a, oh my God, your coat matches the carpet. Like, I'm, I'm okay that that doesn't happen now. <laughs> but it's those funny little things that you do remember about people but I do think with tech and everything that we become very you know there's people who are like very business like very business very to the point no chitter chatter no kind of how you doing what's going on it's like straight down to it let's get to it let's get off and I get that because everyone's a little bit tired of the whole tech thing but then you get the folks who have to feel like they have to share the entire world you know and what's going on and, and and then say things like I'm not being cryptic or I'm not doing this for attention or anything like that it's but then you have to kind of think, well, then why are you sharing it? Like, yeah. I get it. I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because where's the balance? Like, where's the yeah. balance in all this? Yeah. I think that's the key, isn't it? That it has to be about balance. I mean, even you were just talking about the, the whole overly business focus. So it's very business, you know, let's get this done type attitude. And we see that a lot when you look at organizations and how they've been treating the whole remote working and using Zoom and Teams. And, you know, we've heard of people feeling overwhelmed because they've had back-to-back meetings and, you know, it's just pretty cut and dry. You know, nobody says, all right, well, go and have a break and have a cup of coffee or or whatever, or let's have a casual conversation over Zoom rather than just about the work, the work, the work. And so on the probably negative side, that's been causing people to feel a little bit like it's too much. That's one of the reasons why I think people haven't been enjoying technology very much within this setting simply because of how much they've been bombarded with with this and 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 there's something around doing it differently or being creative with it 
rather than it just being right meeting start meeting finished oh another meeting start meeting finish and doing it like that so I think there's it impacts in so many different ways and I do think the key has to be that you you bring in that balance as you were talking then I was thinking about all the different ways you can connect with people and I think you're absolutely bang on there's been so many people that have said you know it's been back to back it's been relentless zooms you know no one sort of stops and says do you want to maybe have a break and go and grab a cup of coffee and I I was chatting about this with my husband the other day around how weird it is that in work meetings are such a prominent part of most roles whether it's whether you're on shift work and it's a huddle or whatever meetings seem to happen kind of everywhere but no one has ever told anyone how to run meetings so when I do things like productivity workshops or I train people to help you know to facilitate meetings better it's always things that I've been taught and learned over the years, but that just don't seem to be a, a standard thing that is taught ever. And it, we were sort of talking about it and thinking how weird it was that no one's ever done this. Uh, and, and especially now it's all different with technology, but that's been different for some time. You know, I've passed a spider phone around an office so many times because people have been dialing in or, or whatever like this. It's never always been all face-to-face or all remote. We have been in a hybrid space for quite a while and it's always been a bit rubbish and no one's gone, oh, this is a bit rubbish. Maybe we need to work on how we run these meetings to make sure that they're less rubbish. But that's the solution, surely, Mm -hmm. rather than just thinking what's the technology or where do people work or all those things. It's actually how you fundamentally engage with each other, converse with each other wherever you are and how you run that meeting that allows you to be human and have that space and then if you do want to start it or open the room or whatever 10 minutes early for a chit chat you know if Bob doesn't like the chit chat and he's business 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 then he can rock up just before and and kind of get cracking and that's fine but if no one tells you that's how you're going to run that meeting you don't know that that's an option and I think it's doing all of that that is so important now and I think also it can feel a little bit weird doing that when I say to people though you know you need to recontract you know, how you work together, or you need to recontract your behaviours, or we need to discuss how we're going to run the meeting. And I was also at something the other day where someone said, you know, don't do that when you're starting a, a webinar or something, because it's sort of, you know, too flat. Whereas everything I've ever been taught is always do that, because then people are comfortable with how you're going to get started and, and that they feel that they know how this space is going to work, especially when you're running things online with multiple different people in different countries or different backgrounds. You've got to be clear about what's okay and what's not okay so people feel safe. I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's such a valid point. And I think the thing about the meeting is that folks think that they can run the meeting exactly as they would if they're in physical room as well, which is not the case. If you've got a hybrid meeting or you've got a meeting with people on calls or it's online meeting or using tech, you can't just lift and shift. You need to adapt your conversation you need to put the like you just said Jenny 100% spot on put the guidelines in place right at the start of that conversation so people know where they stand so are you using the hand emoji or are you going to use your physical hand or are you going to ask people to unmute if they want to speak like if you don't know what the rules are yeah you've got all sorts going on haven't you I've been in those meetings where people are shouting hand emojis are up people are unmuted honestly (laughs) or this frantic waving I'm using my real hands I'm using my real hands I want to say something (laughs) or or even now with the chat function I know we've all got bugbears about this but the chat function on the side of a meeting now people have a side conversation about something that's completely 
completely random. So the chair person is a bit like, where do, what's like, this is going on here. I've not had time to read that because I'm too busy chairing the meeting. Then somebody brings in that conversation, like what is happening? Like yeah. what's that going on there? So it is about setting those guidelines and it's being very conscious of, and like you just said, this isn't new. Like those spider phones. Oh. We used to also put mobile phones in a glass. Did anybody ever do that <laughs> to get them? <laughs> when you couldn't when you couldn't hear properly we used to put the phone in a glass to apparently it does amplify it yeah it amplifies the sound I worked with engineers so they were like put the phone in the glass and see what happens and it amplifies honestly (laughs) I feel like that could that could have been like go and get some checked paint from the hardware store (laughs) (laughs) really actually do tweet as if you ever did that because I felt it was so weird when somebody saw me do that but it does work it does amplify the sound but that just shows that that was only about a few years ago you know like putting a phone in a glass and then passing the phone around and shouting down the phone so you had one phone and it's somebody's phone that's on you know things like that and check has moved on since I, I hope anyway but the behaviors you're so right the behaviors haven't moved on yeah no. and, and people haven't learned how to manage a meeting effectively how to feedback properly through the tech that is available to them I also don't think people ran meetings particularly well before no they didn't no you're right they were terrible no I think it's been a general I think thing. it has been for years because I don't it, it doesn't does it you go to school or college or, or whatever you work you eventually you come into the world of work and there's meetings <laughs> I've never had a meeting in my life when I get into it like <laughs> what meeting would I have had by the time I get to work because at school you're in you know lessons or, or whatever you wouldn't have meetings then you go into this meeting on like your first week of a first job and everyone kind of just knows how things work because it's a very cultural thing meetings and how they run but no one sits down and goes right Jenny this is what meetings are here this is how they work we have a chair you know because nobody actually knows because we all just assume that everyone knows what a meeting is but up until the age of I think about 22 I've never stepped foot in a meeting (laughs) because I've been at school or university it's just so weird (laughs) I know you sound quite emotional about it. <laughs> it's a little bit like this is weird. Why do they? Yeah, weird, weird. I've got an extra high pitch. It is just weird. to really deliver that. No, no, no. It is. <laughs> it's really weird. It's really weird. I mean, the other thing that I find difficult is how technology has made people so distracted as well. So, for instance, I think I was coaching somebody the other day and we're on screen and I could actually notice that they were not listening to one word that I was saying (laughs) they were looking at some other screen and they were actually reading whatever was on that was on the screen and I was thinking should I I I genuinely thought to myself should I say something because you know I feel like I'm disturbing him even though we're in a meeting together (laughs) and and, and it was so unusual but it made me think how naturally we allow technology, even myself, it happens to me as well. I don't do that, but there are other ways that I get distracted by my phone and notifications. And I know Jenny, a long time ago, you mentioned something about switching notifications off and things like that, but it's how it's become such a distraction, but we've almost accepted the fact that we allow it to distract us when we're amongst people and when we should actually be interacting and talking and engaging, we're like, checking our phones Mm, uh, or you know looking at something else or you know my typical one is I'm watching the television I'm on my iPhone and I'm also on my iPad you know and you're doing all three of them together so when I do get in a formal setting I consciously have to think don't touch it don't touch the phone I don't know about how you feel about that but I mean it's just literally we're coming close to tips but just before that 
how do you feel about the whole distraction thing? It's awful. It takes a lot of effort not to be distracted, I think. And there was an interview that I watched again with Simon Sinek, where he was talking about having your phone with you at the table at dinner and kind of what it signals and it's one that's done the rounds quite a few times. So if I'm out for dinner, my phone just stays in my bag. I don't take it out of my bag. If I'm at a family occasion, my handbag and my phone are usually together and they might be in a room somewhere not near me. So unless I'm doing something that requires me to check on my phone, I don't have it with me. And that's been quite deliberate over the years to move it away so that I'm very present in whatever I'm doing. And that does help. And we do, you know, we're in the productivity episode back in season one, you know, we talk a lot about how easily distracted we are and how we interrupt ourselves on quite a regular basis, uh, even though we like to think it's everyone else. But we have to do things to mitigate those distractions because the reason we do that is because our brains like novelty, we're naturally curious. So if you're watching something that is maybe getting a bit boring, you'll naturally want to go and do something because you'll be getting a bit bored. And we're so we've got so much coming at us all the time that if things are a bit quieter, we're sometimes looking for things to fill that. And I remember coming back from camping where I hadn't had any tech really for 10 days and watching a trailer for a film. And it was quite an overload of noise and visual stuff because for 10 days I'd had, you know, really nothing at all. So we have to have that responsibility to monitor that and do what's right for us. But I'd encourage everyone to, you know, turn off your notifications. And if you are at an event or you're out for dinner, then put your phones away. If you're out for dinner with me, I'm definitely going to make you put your phone away. So That's there'll be no one. invites That's now. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Which brings us really nicely onto tips. And I, I don't know, Jenny, if you have any more to add. If not, I'll let Advita kick us off. No, let Advita kick us off. I might think of one. Oh, go for it, Advita. I'm sure you've got loads. I mean, I am. You both of you. I mean, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, I am terrible. I am terrible with distraction. I have to admit that. And both of you know that. And I have to be very intentional in putting my phone in airplane mode, putting my phone away, turning my phone upside down, switching off my notifications on my emails. I definitely do message, as you both know, when I'm watching TV. Like, I don't think I've watched a programme ever without actually doing a kind of commentary to somebody about what I'm watching or talking about something else. Unless it's like something like... This is us, you know, the show This Is Us. That's oh, yeah. one show that I won't. I won't oh, mess with. I have oh, it's really been to the cinema though. I've not been cinema since COVID took, yeah, but I do love the cinema. I was only saying the other day that we should really go. I don't have my phone on in the cinema now. Okay. So you can't but, but so you can do it then. I can do it. No, yeah. I can do it. If it's if it's something that's like you just you hit the nail on the head when you said if it's a show that it's not going anywhere, it's a bit boring or it's like a, just a bit of noise then I will be on my phone, right? Like, I'm just not interested in it. If it's something that's captured my interest, I'm really I'm really into the storyline, then I will be off my phone and I'll be watching it. So, you know, like, this is us and any any kind of Marvel film I'll enjoy because you have to pay attention to things like that otherwise you lose track of what's oh, going yeah, yes. on, right? Stuff like that. So you can't, you can't be messing about. But I have been very, very intentional over the last, especially the last, since I set up Comms Rebel, actually, in terms of being present. Um, and having my phone off. So Trudy, when you mentioned that coaching session where the person was looking at another screen, it irritates me when I do coaching sessions and folks do that. So I just go silence. If I'm talking and I can see someone's distracted, I, I just stop talking completely. It might be a bit passive aggressive, I know. And then, as I, say, <laughs> I like it. I'm, I'm all in for that. That's I'm going to try that. That's a good one. And then they'll say, oh, Oh, sorry, can you hear me? And I'm like, yeah, I can hear you, but I just wanted to make sure that you were okay. Like, because I can see that you're reading something. So if you want to read that, then you can come back in the conversation. And that normally gets them to switch off the monitor. But now I do set, so now what I do in any, every coaching session is I have, I have my 
I say it in a nice way. Like I do say it in a nice way. I'm not that mean. But well, because it's for them, right? When you do coaching and stuff like that, I'll yeah. feed, it's, it's for that individual. So I want to make sure that they're getting the best of their investment. What I don't want them to do is be distracted or be concerned about something else. And sometimes that will enter the conversation about why they feel the need to answer something immediately. And that's normally, I, know, well, I won't go yeah. into coaching session, but you get it. Um, so now what I do at the start of every coaching or any session when I'm expected to give feedback or do coaching or mentoring is I, I like the meetings, I set the rules, right? So all devices off, focus on the conversation for the next 45 minutes. If you feel you need to go somewhere, do something, then tell me now, then we can make sure that it's captured. You know, so if you have to go and answer a phone call or a builder's coming around or something's happening, then at least that's part of the same with you could you could use that for anything that you're running or doing. Like just give people the opportunity to say, actually, I might need to dip off or I might need to pop off. Or I might have to have my camera off because of X, Y, and Z. You have to give people the opportunity. So I would definitely say do that check-in with the persons or the people that you're having that conversation with online. This is about meeting specifically. When we're talking about social, the biggest tip I will give in social is, in my opinion, you don't have to review about everything or you don't need to share everything on the social media. So, it's, you know, somebody comments and it's aggravating you and it's making you angry. I would just step away from that, like step away, go and gather your thoughts and then respond as if you were going to speak to that person face to face. Like, just think about what would you say to them if you're in there? If you if you say someone face to face, let's go for a coffee and let's have a conversation. You can do that online and say, do you know what? This is something that I care a lot about. And I don't think I'm going to get my point across through this medium. So let's have a chat offline. Let's have a call or let's get on Zoom because I really want to kind of explain where, where I'm coming from. Rather than have this kind of constant back and forth, because I just think you lose context with things like social at times. Uh, and you've got to be prepared for that. And the other thing is that if you are going to put yourself out there and have those conversations, you know, just be considerate of the people that you're talking to. And I think that's really important to think about. And it's easy to get lost in the whole cancel culture, which we haven't spoken about. But, you know, there is this whole thing about cancel culture that folks get involved in a lot of the times as well, which we have to be, you know, we say all the time when we speak about this offline, I know we do, is go and check your data. Go and do your due diligence and make sure that you've got your facts and research and information that you need before you respond back to something that you're not familiar with or you're not 100% certain about, or just because you read it on WhatsApp or somebody sent you a link, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And again, that can apply to anything that you're doing online and technology-wise, that just make sure you're checking your facts properly. And I think if we just follow those simple you know, guides, then I think it could be a pleasant experience for most people online and tech, and, and we can really use it and embrace it more than what we are doing today. Great. Thanks, said Rita. How about you, Jenny? Any more? Well, I've got just a couple, I think. And in, in fact, probably I'm just going to go with the one, which is that you can control your time and energy and you can control your online space to a relative degree. So when people say to me, you know, God, Twitter is a horrible place to be. I'm always really surprised because I really love my Twitter community. I, I enjoy the conversations I have with them and I've invested time in that community and I follow people that I want to follow. I can control who's in that community. And I think sometimes we forget that. It's the same on any social media platform. And I think it's important just to remember you can control how you're spending your time and energy, who's in that space with you. You can mute people, you can unfollow people, you have control of that. And I I think sometimes it's easy to forget and think you just sort of have to be connected to people and, and, and we don't. Why would you listen to people that are horrible to you? Why would you listen to people that are in, you know, the cheap seats, for want to better phrase? That isn't helpful to anybody. You know, is it helpful? Is it harmful? And that's the balance to think about. So, yeah, just take a bit of control. 
Yeah. I'm just going to ask, this is going to be a bit controversial question, right? So how do we manage then the conversation? So say like now everyone's connected with everybody on Facebook and on Twitter and on Insta, colleagues, friends, you know, things like that. Say, for example, a couple of your colleagues you don't like, you don't get along with, it's a bit toxic, blah, 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 and you delete them. And then they come into work and the next day and they go, why have you stopped unfollowing me or what's happened? You know, because I've, I've heard that a few times. You can just mute people. people. That's it. Yes, that's what I was thinking. So yeah. is it that mute them or is it about leaning into having that difficult conversation? Yes. To say, yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it's whatever's comfortable. So you can mute people without having to like unfollow them. Plus, nobody gets alerted when you unfollow somebody on any platform. It's not like mm. a big beacon goes off. Plus, also, it, it's weighing up for you whether whether you want to have that conversation. Like, if you really don't like them, don't get on with them, I, I don't know why you'd accept their connection request in the first place. And then I always used to say, oh, I just don't have people at work on my social stuff. I just like to keep things a bit separate. And that's still OK. That's your boundary, right? That's fine. And I think you have to, you're right, you have to decide whether you want to lean in and have that difficult conversation. You know, is that just an uncomfortable conversation? Or is that going to put you in a state of discomfort or distress? And, and if it's the latter, then don't do it. You know, if it's not helpful to you, then, then it might not be required. I'd always encourage people to have that conversation, but sometimes it's just not a helpful thing to do and you don't need to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's spot on. When I think about some of the things I was going to say in terms of tips, it was about, you know, just having that consideration for other people. If you don't want it to happen to you, why would you do that to other people? And also to protect your own mental health, your own mental state, really. If you need to come off something, if you need to unfollow somebody, if you need to take a break from some of the technology, then do what you need to do to set the boundaries that protect you. And that's probably the biggest thing that we all need to do, that we don't have to be in that space. We Mm. just don't. However, as Jenny said, we can control that space. So it's almost like, don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of being there. It's just, you have to make the decision as an individual, how you're going to handle it and what you're going to do about it. So that was for me, the main tips around Mm. being present, making sure that you protect yourself and don't get overwhelmed by technology really. Mm. Well, this took quite a turn. I wasn't expecting it to go down (laughs) here. (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking, we've talked about everything from meetings to the robots are coming to I know to all sorts gosh yeah I think I think that's that's the point the robots are coming the robots are coming but you can control where you spend time with your robots exactly <laughs> it was it was the iRobot was the it was iRobot Will Smith is the I film robot. that probably yeah. I think it iRobot I think yeah. it was it iRobot oh, yeah. robot, <laughs> robot. <laughs> iRobot see this is this, that's that that's how much that film really interested me. And that's, I was going to say that's when I was on the WhatsApp talking about what is this? I robot with Will Smith. I'm going to get a lot of Will Smith. I, I mean, I love Will Smith. I love Will Smith. I'm not going to go down the Tom Cruise thing again. I love Will Smith. <laughs> abort, abort, abort. Abort. <laughs> abort. <Right now. laughs> to find out more about us, how to sign up to our comms retreat, or to listen to past episodes, go to calmedgedrebels.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and thanks for listening.